Okay, Tzoraim Tov, everyone. We continue in the Sefer Bayam Darkecha. We're talking about Shabbos morning. We're up to Shabbos morning. And uh, yesterday we discussed the idea of going to the mikvah Shabbos morning before davening, for those who are up to it, and learning Shabbos morning before davening, how that prepares our excitement levels and uh, to get ready for a proper tefillah, which is the tefillah is this uh, concept of uh, totally um, connecting and beginning to receive all the great spiritual energies. So now we have to, we're going to talk about in this second chapter over here of the exact kavana, the intentions you should have while you're doing certain parts of the prayer Shabbos morning. Now, what do you notice that's different about Shabbos morning prayer than weekday prayer. Anything's different between the way we daven on Shabbos and the way we daven on a weekday. Do you know any differences? Is it the exact same thing? What's some obvious differences? Like obvious, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know there's a difference between Shabbos morning, Saturday morning, and Friday morning davening. You're talking after page 49. What, whatever, just in general, what's the difference? Oh, read it. The Amida is different. Okay. What else? Oh, you got the, the prayers between uh, three, three seventy four up until. Okay, uh, it's a much longer davening. Friday in shul maybe forty five minutes, maybe a little longer. If you're really slow, an hour. But that's it. Shabbos. At least two hours. So what are we doing different? Well, number one, the Psuke de Zimra, the verses of song, are much longer. We had a whole bunch of chapters in there. That's one difference. What's another difference? We pray Musaf, a whole extra Amida. That's another difference. And the third difference is we read the whole Torah portion. Now, Monday, Thursday, we do a little bit. But Shabbos, we read the whole Parsha. This week it's over 140 psukim. It's a lot of psukim. Why are all these changes going on? What is happening during this davening more so than any other davening? And that's what we've been mentioning earlier. And we're going to continue this idea. Because especially the idea of davening in general is not to get your requests answered but to get a higher level of comprehension of the reality of God and to strengthen your faith in God. That's what it's about. And on Shabbos, you're going to hit the jackpot with davening. See, unfortunately, many people feel davening's a burden. So if it's a burden, so if you're burdened with 45 minutes on Friday, then you're going to feel I'm really burdened with two hours on Shabbos. If you view it as an opportunity, then you figure there's more opportunities on Shabbos. So starting with Psuke de Zimra is much longer. Why? Because you're going to have a much higher illumination of the infinite light from God. Our hearts are opening to sing praises of Hashem. And therefore, and we got time and we want to sing a lot. And the source says there's all kinds of mystical secrets. But even forget about the mystical secrets. It's just... We're so excited. We're just, we're just full of praises to Hashem. 
Again, let me give you a very, you know, an, a marshal, but not to compare the two. Over the years, like 50 years ago, 50 years ago, if you got to watch on TV a sporting event, so you turn on and like five minutes before the game, they say, okay, welcome. This game is going to start in a couple minutes. Now, there's like an hour, two hours of preparations. Locker room report. Let's have a rundown of the status of the players. What do you think is going to be necessary for this team to win? What's going to be necessary? What's going on? Let's just watch the game. Oh, no, no. You've got to enjoy this game. And we're going to show you exactly what you should be looking for. We're so excited about this game. We got to, to know everything about the intricacies of the game. So instead of just watching the game, we're going to spend an hour getting ready to enjoy the game. Now when you're going to see the game, ah, uh, yeah, I was watching out for that quarterback. I was watching out for that running back. You appreciate the game more. La Havdo, we should never compare the two. But Downing, it's, it's the real game, the real game that matters. And therefore, we want to have as much time to be able to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We know what's coming up here. And if the game is more important, it is more pregame coverage. A regular Sunday has so much pregame, but what about before the Super Bowl? Whoa, it's the whole day. It's like mamish. We've got to be ready for the big game. Davening Shabbos morning. This is it. This is the home run. we got to Lots of sukkah to Zimra, lots of chances just to sing. I'm so anxious, I'm so excited. I want to sing out the praises of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because even though we already said yesterday, or the day before, that on Friday night during Mariv, three levels of our soul are affected positively from the lowest level, Nefesh, to the next level, Ruach, to the next level of Neshama, at different parts of Mariv, the light comes in. Guess what? Shabbos morning, we get a repeat, but on a higher level. Our three levels of salt are affected even greater, as we shall explain. That the extra, the, remember that extra soul, we talk about that level of extra soul. So Friday night, we got extra levels of nefesh, ruach, neshama, those three levels of soul. And the way we received it on Friday, but we're going to do the same thing Shabbos morning. So question is, well, is it the same thing? Why are you going to do the same thing twice? Answer is going to be a higher level. On Friday night, we were privileged when the light came in and we were ready for if we were ready for it, at three different parts of the Mire of Prayer, we're privileged to see godness, godliness inside of creation and to look, be able to see everything in the world as God is running it all. Okay. But we didn't really understand that much about Hashem, just how the world is showing God in the world. Now we get the chance to merit, to recognize, and feel Hashem himself. Not how he manifests in the world, but Hashem himself. To be able to touch on three levels. On the, on the nefesh level, the ruach level, the neshama level, to be able to, to, be, to be illuminated in terms of Hashem himself. 
And what are those three times? When we end Pesukim Yisrael, we say Nishmas Kol Chai the souls of all living things praise Hashem. And we talk about how everything in the world recognizes Hashem. And we say words so beautiful, eloquence. We say, you know, if my if my tongue, you know, if you know, like if if I had ink as much ink as the seas in the world and as many pens as the trees in the world and I would be writing the praise of Hashem I couldn't even begin to do a minute with all that writing I wouldn't even get a drop in the bucket that's how much praise there is of Hashem when you say that prayer God gives us that first boost another boost it's like it's like a rocket lifting off Friday we got the first booster of Nefesh Ruch Neshama now we get a second booster of Nefesh Ruch Neshama, when we say Nishmas Kol Chai, we get that extra level of light into our Nefesh, and then when we start the Shachri Samida, Hashem Svosai Tiftoch, we get the next level that improves our Ruach, our spirit, our feelings, and then finally by Musaf of Kedush of Musaf, we get the third level of impacting our Neshama, the intellectual part of ourselves. So let's take a look at all three briefly and get an idea of what, when, at least to know that this is what's happening. So at least to try in some way to connect to that. So let's start with Nishmas Kolcha, that ending of Sukkot Zimbabwe. Something like that. So all of, really all of Sukkot Zimra, all of the verses of song, there are expressions of our love and our fear and our connection to Hashem and how the soul is on fire towards Hashem and goes on and on till we finally get to the, to the like, you know, they're showing now, if you look in the news, there is a volcano in Hawaii that after so many years is erupting. And it's like amazing seeing the lava just spreading all over there. So what's that a symbol? Why is Hashem having to see such things? You know, that's how your soul is supposed to be exploding. A volcanic eruption of love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It gets stronger and stronger until we get to Nishmas Kolkai and you're screaming out. Do you recognize the good of Hashem? And the only thing I'm yearning for is you, Hashem. And when you say those words, Nishmas Kochai, we get that extra level of Nevesh to be able to accept the yoke of heaven with a real emuna. But now it's not coming from how we see it in the world, but how we see it in Hashem himself, which is a higher level than we got Friday night. Friday night, it's how Hashem is revealed in creation. But now we get a much clearer vision, much clearer, that we mamish go in to recognize the light of Hashem directly, which only brings complete tranquility and complete bitl nullification. So there's nothing else in the world but Hashem. Much higher level of nefesh than we got the night before. When a person believes with his whole heart the reality of Hashem and he's totally nullified to it, then he merits certain feelings that enter him when he does actions. And here's the point. 
Friday night, you could, yes, I know there's a God. I, re I accept the yoke of heaven. But you may do it begrudgingly. But by Shabbos morning, you want to accept the yoke of heaven. You feel it's a privilege to be part of that revelation in your actions. So when you say these words of Nishmas Kolchai, and truthfully, it goes on for the whole paragraph, and you think, and if you can even feel that I'm accepting the extra level of nefesh this morning, it's much deeper than how I got it last night, and I accept the yoke of Hashem with full excitement and, and, and joy that I have it. That's a higher level of nefesh that you're experiencing. And then once after Baruch Hu, then we add a nice little song. Kel Adon al-Kol Hamasi. Kel Adon al-Kol Hamasi. The powerful God who's the master of all actions. It goes according to the Aleph base. Every little four words, every four words is another letter. Kela, don't call him asim, it's an Aleph. Baruch that's a base. Go through the Aleph base. Now the truth is in the weekday, we also have a prayer, we go through the Aleph base. We say, Kel Baruch Gadol Deyah, right after Baruch But it's only one letter for one word. Here, it's four words for one letter. You have Kel Adon Al four words coming from signing the letter Aleph. <coughs> That's showing that there's even a greater revelation of Akadish Baruch. We use many words because the light is revealed in a much greater way. Now, on page Kufpei, well, there's a whole section in brackets with the Zohar. We're going to skip that, it's a little bit beyond uh, our pay scale. But then, if we look at the end by Hey, Ruach Yisera. Then we get to the Amida, we say, Hashem just like we did by Mariv the night before. We now want to get the extra level of Ruach, that's feelings and emotions, because now I accept Hashem into my, into my Ruach, and that fills my heart with love and fear and cleaving to the higher level, from Hashem's perspective, not from our perspective. And that is Shachris. Very nice. Things are really going well. Now, we interrupt our davening with Kriya Satora. And that is Paragimel, page Kuf, page The Torah reading. And what should we be thinking? What should we be feeling? And they bring out the Torah. Well, some people say, wow, what an interruption of my davening. It's going to take a long time. What is it I could do? Just listen. Some people feel it's very boring. And that's why there's some people, can you believe it? There's some who talk during Torah. Can you imagine? Or they even leave. And they go to this idea called a kiddish club. Where they go out and make kiddish during the laning. Unfortunately, there are Jews who do that. I know that's very hard for you to believe that, but it happens in many, not in our school, but there are people who behave that way. Why is that? Because they don't appreciate what's going on. So therefore, the Tzadah can tell us exactly what's going on. Number one, the Zohar HaKadosh says the following. When you open up the ark 
and we're going to take out the Sefer Torah. What really is happening is the gates of heaven are opening up and a love of Hashem should be aroused upon us. And when that love is aroused, we ask for mercy, especially we say, Brich Shemei, that Aramaic paragraph. Brich Shemei, and we say all kinds of requests that we should have a heart for Hashem, that Hashem should open up our hearts to the Torah. It's a very powerful moment. Why? Because the Sefer Torah itself is our connection with Hashem. As the Zohar says, Hashem and the Torah and the Jewish people are one. Hashem reveals himself from the words of the Torah, which is God's most precious treasure. So when the Jews come to take the Sefer Torah out to read from the Torah, that's like the revelation at Sinai is happening. The thunder, the lightning, the mountain is shaking, the smoke. That's what you should be envisioning. The Torah is coming down from Sinai and Moshe is going to read it for us now. Because indeed, over 3,300 years ago, it was a Saturday morning when God gave us the Torah at Sinai. It was a Saturday morning. And that's when Hashem was revealed to the Jewish people. And this happens every Shabbos morning when the Torah is going to be read. So we open up the ark and we say, Hashem, give us the light. We want the light. So just as you're, you're so excited, you know, again, here's another marshal. Black Friday. Black Friday. It's last week, right? Boxing Day is next month. People who go to some people who really want the sales. When do they get real excited? When the doors open. And they come trouncing in! Quick, quick, quick! Oh, it's amazing! Lahavdul, lahavdul. When the ark opens, wow! The Torah is going to be read! Torah of Sinai! Oh, I'm so excited! So we surrender ourselves. And we know that the ark represents the level of Bina, understanding. Because inside is where the safer is. And so for Bina uh, uh, protects and assists the Chachma, the wisdom that's there. And Bina means excitement for Hashem. So just opening up the ark. We're good, we, 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 get, we express all our desires. That's what we sing. We talk about our excitement. Whenever they're singing, it's a highlight in the davening. Okay. And that's what that Rizal is saying. That once we just even open that up, then he says, okay, now we take the Torah, put it down on the bima. And we open up the Torah. We haven't even read yet. We open up the letters. We can see the letters. And the light is shining out from every letter. And the person's illuminated in a general way. And then that light penetrates into us. But yet, it even gets higher. The Balkori starts reading the words. And those letters go flying off the page and going into our souls and they sparkle and shine our souls with a greater understanding of Hashem. 
And if a person would really value what's happening now and would totally focus on every word, he would mamish merit to feel the divine light that's coming out and to feel that he's totally nullified to the light of Hashem. Every word, there's an awesome light and the soul resonates with that. And if we really would understand it, we would nullify ourselves. And we're just like when God started to say the Ten Commandments, the Jews died. They were totally nullified. So we should totally nullify ourselves not to die. But to have this pleasure, wow. Every word that I'm hearing is 100% MS and the source of reality, not like what I see on the news. A Jew has to think about and feel that right now, when the Torah is being read, the light of Hashem is flowing. And as if Hashem is talking to us and revealing himself to us, so much so that we can merit to Mamish feel incredible beetle, self nullification of Hashem. And more than that, what about the person reading out of the Torah? He should take to heart how much revelation is coming through his mouth and should unify his mouth with Hashem. And he should remember that these are not my words, but they're Hashem's words that are revealed. Like the Torah says, Moshe spoke and the words of Hashem came through his throat. And if the Balkore reads with that understanding, then the light, the Torah will illuminate more. And therefore, the person's somethingness does not get in the way. And the more you, the Balkore nullifies himself, the more pure light emanates from the Torah. Now, when that is going on, do you think it would make sense to be quiet and pay good attention and not to, God forbid, speak? As the Shulchan Aruch says in chapter 146 of the Shulchan Aruch, Siv Beis, once they start reading from the Torah, it's forbidden to speak even words of Torah, even in between the Aliyahs. Not to speak, because the Torah is all open. Even if it's words of Torah, it's not so simple to allow it. Many posts can say it's not allowed. Because a lot of times you start talking, but you can't stop right when the next aliyah starts and you move in and start talking, finishing your discussion while the Torah is being read. And when a Talmud Chacham is speaking at that time, other people who aren't Talmud Chacham, they figure, oh, I guess we could speak too. Let me hear about the ball game and everything. So if you really want to do the will of Hashem and it bothers you, the honor of the Shekhinah, it's fit that at that time, Find another time to talk to your friend, not now. Find another time to learn. And when they're reading the Torah, and even between one Ali and the next, to be quiet before Hashem. And when you're waiting between each Aliyah, just be quiet. Or if you have to learn, learn to yourself, but don't talk to others. Because it says in Shmuel, Ki akabe. Those who honor me, says Hashem, I will honor them. And you got to wonder, am I really honoring Hashem as the Torah is being read? And this is what the Holy Zohar has to say. The Holy Zohar says that you're not allowed to 
only have one person read from the Sefer Torah. And everyone is silently listening so we can hear the words as if those words have come from Sinai. Okay. And whoever's reading should be one person standing next to him and is silent. We shouldn't hear only the one word and not two people. Just Lashon HaKodesh from one person, just one, and not two words. And if there's going to be two people reading, it's not good. Now, of course, you get an aliyah, and the halach is, if you get the aliyah, you have to read along. But you have to read along silently so nobody else hears you. And if you really think about what it's all about, if we're saying now that the reading of the Torah is the time where the, the light, the unified light of Hashem, like Sinai, is coming out, so just like when Hashem appeared at Sinai, we were told no, not a sound was heard. Or better yet, a sound was not found and a word was not heard. The birds didn't chirp. Nobody said anything. It was total silence. And that means there's total unity. There's nothing else when God speaks. But, uh, but what you heard from God was total revelation from Hashem and no distractions. Because we're all created at the same time. So when reading the Torah, it should be no extra voices. And if there's somebody talking, even words of Torah, and even if he's reading along with the Kriya Satara, but we hear that guy together with the Chazin, that is not good either. And he ends and says like this. He says, the holy books tell us that when the Balkore looks into the Sefer Torah, it arouses a tremendous light of wisdom and nullification. And when the congregation is silent to hear the reading, it shows how much they want and are yearning to receive the Torah to fulfill it. Because if somebody's talking and you're engaged in something else, I'm not interested in what he has to say. But if you're silent, you're listening, hanging on every word. You really are yearning for that. And that's the idea. And therefore you want to close the circuit. The Chazan reads. The Balkar reads. He's the mouthpiece of Hashem. And everybody else says, let me hear every word. I don't want one word to go missing. I don't want to miss this at all. That's how I'm yearning to hear what is happening. And the more I hear, the better. And the more excited I am. And that's what we've been just following it. And pretend Hashem is talking to you this week and telling you a special message. It's a special Matan Torah this week to know what the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is and to see more and more of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that reigning. So it's not merely, we might say, oh, let's be quiet, so let's show respect to the Torah, which is certainly true, but it's much more than respect to the Torah. It's showing our enthusiasm to hear everything that's said. For example, again, another marshal. Have you ever been to a uh, symphony? Ever go downtown to hear the Toronto Symphony Orchestra? I went once with my wife. And when they play, you don't hear a sound. There's a couple thousand people there. 
you don't hear a sound, not even a cough. It's not allowed. You start coughing, somebody taps and so And what do they do? When they're playing like for 10, 15 minutes, then there's like a brief pause and everybody knows at that time, everybody can cough. Chas v'shalom! When the violinist is playing, you gotta, <coughs> what? I wanna hear every, every little note. How the violin, you know, meshes with the, uh, with the piano and with the harp and we wanna get every nuance. Not, 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 a, not a sound, like mamish nothing. And <coughs> you get up and forget it. It was very interesting the one time we went after the intermission. My wife started coughing. She had a tickle in her throat. And she was trying to hold it in and she, she just went out. And she said, because if you're going to cough when they're playing, you're dead. They will not tolerate it. Now, is that because they're showing respect to the people playing? No. There is, for those who are music lovers, to be able to hear how the notes blend and this and that. And, and these are songs they know. It's not like a new song they never heard. We will hear so-and-so's rendition of Beethoven's this, that. The guy isn't being machadish anything. He's not coming up with a new song. They've heard Beethoven's fifth million times, but I want to hear how he says it. It brings out so many ideas. So I don't understand. So when, when the Balkari is reading the Torah, is it at least equal to the symphony? At least. And you want to hear every word, every new one. I heard it last year, but this is, a, this, is this year's rendition. This is this year's message to resonate inside me. And that is like, it's, now this makes a lot of sense if you've already received two doses of extra soul by Nishmas Kolchan and by, and by the Amida and your mom is feeling how Hashem is, is, is the only reality and now Hashem's the only reality. The only thing I want to hear now is God's law, God's words, God's understanding of reality as it's in the Torah and the mamish Hashem, everything's going, the last thing on your mind is to talk. Going for a kiddish club? Imagine, you're at the TSO, those tickets are expensive. I don't know, we got the cheap tickets, I don't know, like $70 a ticket. Like, there's an intermission because, like, why go out during it? Can you imagine, imagine Toronto Symphony, and there are people who pay much better, better seats. You've got a front row seat, you're paying a few hundred dollars. Can you imagine 10 minutes into the symphony, seven men get up and say, let's have to make kiddish. Well, you came to the symphony to hear the symphony. Oh, let's make Kiddush. All right, the only reason we have to judge them forever, they don't understand how beautiful. It's a symphony of Torah, but they don't realize it. So that's the laning we have. Okay, we're going to stop it over here. Tomorrow we get to Musa and what the feelings should be during Musa. Okay, have a great day, everybody.